Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession in life to teach you how to be the most productive version of you. And one of the ways I do that is by having monthly live training. And my next live training will be happening on Friday, August 14th at noon Eastern. We're going to be talking about technology and your productivity. You can register by clicking the link in the show notes or clicking the banner at my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. On the show today, it is Nick Velasquez. We are going to be talking about unlimited mastery. We're going to give you some solid strategies and how you can finally begin learning those skills you've always wanted to learn. You know those skills that you've been wanting to learn for a long time and you've been making excuses? We're going to talk about that. So enjoy my conversation with Nick Velasquez. Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, Thanks for having me, Mark. Hey, how are things in Montreal? Pretty good. Um, <laughs> it's the good time of the year, so yes. I'm happy about that. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, 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 I tell my friends up north, I'll come visit you between May 1st and October 1st. Outside of that, I spent too many long, snowy, cold winters in Rochester, New York, which is just south of Toronto. No, I'm not going up there between October 1st and May 1st. I'm not. I'm yep, sorry. You know, and, and it's funny because you and I were talking before we started recording that, you know, down here in Houston, it's hot, you know, it's summertime, but yet people lived here all their lives. They complain how hot it is. And you tell me the same thing happens to people up in Montreal. Yes. People here <laughs> complain when it's the winter. They say it's too cold and they complain in the summer. They say it's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> they need to go read that book. The three little bears with Goldilocks and just find the exactly. uh, just right. So now do you speak French? I do. Yes. Oh, oh. It's not my best language, but I do speak French. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm desperately trying to learn French through Duolingo. Um, yeah, I do okay with Duolingo, but I can't, uh, I can't hold a conversation yet. So I bet I, I, I've heard that Quebec is like they're really proud of the French language. So I guess if you go to Quebec, you, they, they speak French first. Is that correct? They, uh, their main language is French. So the official language of the province is French. Wow. And they're very protective of their language. <laughs> so to the point that for a lot of people, they find this funny, but they have a language police. What? And yes. So <laughs> what they do is, for example, if your business has the name, it's bigger in English than in French, you'll get a fine. And if you don't change that, they'll close it. But hold on. Here's the funny side. Your name could be in Spanish. That's fine. Your name could be in Japanese. That's fine. It's only if it's in English, that's a problem. <laughs> oh so it's, it's been this war between the English and the French that's been going on for generations. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and now, you see it here. They're very afraid that English is going to take over in the province because this is something that most people don't know. But Montreal is the second largest French speaking city in the world. Really? Paris. Yes. And that's why they're so protective of the language. But even then, like they have a very distinct accent. And even for French people, when they come here, they find it difficult to understand. And like the biggest insult to Quebecers and like French Canadians, when they send some movies to France, sometimes they subtitle them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is hysterical. Yes. Well, I remember back in 2010, my wife and I went to France, uh, went to Paris, France. And so we flew nonstop from Houston to Charles de Gaulle Airport. And when I got off the plane, 
uh, I'm not in the United States anymore because everything was in friends. The announcements were in friends. Thankfully, my wife remembered her three years of French from high school mm-hmm. because they don't, they're very proud of their culture, very proud of their language. Yes. But I will tell you, a lot of people told me, oh, you go into France, you know, they're very rude. Every time we had problems, we, they were very helpful, whether in Paris or outside of Paris. People were very friendly over there. I don't know why people think French people are idiots. I, I had no problem with them when we visited them. I never had any problem with any French Canadians. They're very nice people. So I don't know why French Canadians and French people get this negative uh, connotation about them. But I, I've never had a bad experience with them. I don't know. Uh, I think part of it is sometimes people want to impose their own culture. So if you get a lot of foreigners... And especially like North Americans, they're used to just speaking English all the time. And they assume that everyone speaks English everywhere. So then they go there and they don't even try and like don't even learn a greeting in French. So I think that's what bothers them, that you don't try, that you're not respecting that you're in a different place. Yes. And that you should make the effort because here, if you try to speak French, you're accepted. It's like, okay, you don't get it, but (laughs) that's fine. I mean, we don't expect you to get it. We expect you to try. So um, I, I think part of it is just that, is uh, you making the effort to, to be part of it and to learn a word here and there. I, I agree with that. When I went to France, I learned bonjour, merci, you know, yes. au revoir. And, and if you try, you don't even need to get the accent right. If you try, I find people are very respectful of it. So uh, yes. interesting to know that the people up in Montreal are really proud of the language. Um, it took me a while. I was used, used to be a big hockey fan, and I never mm-hmm. understood why they called the Montreal Canadiens the Habs. I'm like, and so I asked my wife, I said, why do they call them the Habs? And it's, it's French for, a le, I can't even say the word, it's, it's French for foreign, uh, I forget what the word means, but it's actually a French word and they shorten okay. it. And I didn't know that. I'm like, oh, cause I never know what the C was. I, I don't understand it, but now I get all that. So pleasure yes. to have you on the show. Now your you. area you expertise is about, you know, Unlimited, unlimited mastery. And we're living in a very challenging time right now through COVID. You know, who knows when this thing's going to end? A lot of people are home. A lot of people are what I found, unfortunately, are binge watching television and mm-hmm. not to learn. They're binge watching TV shows or playing video games or they're staying up all hours of the night. They're watching the news and they're not really mastering anything other than maybe procrastination and wasting your time. So tell us a little bit about. First of all, before we get started, I want to make sure people get to know who you are. Who are you and what do you do? Sure. My name is Nick Velasquez. Um, I grew up in South America and then moved to Canada. My passion for as long as I can remember has been learning. I'm very curious. I take on different hobbies all the time. Um, that's what I love most in life. So uh, I've gone to magic, photography, playing guitar, <laughs> Uh, writing so many different things. And I was always frustrated by how long it took from knowing about something to developing the skill. So for example, you can learn a lot about painting, but not necessarily know how to paint. And the idea was bridging that gap. And that led me into this path of researching as much as I could about uh, learning science, um, neuroplasticity, neuroscience, peak performance, and mastery. So initially, I wanted to create a guide that would be my learning guide for the rest of my life. Like, how do I learn better? How do I learn faster? And that led me to this path of many years, just doing that research and writing a book on the subject and writing in general. Um, 
about how we learn skills and how to master them. That's kind of the background of it. And about the COVID, yes, I think uh, for many people right now, it's a it's an ideal situation where you finally have the time that you always thought you didn't have to learn something you wanted to learn. And I think the most important message that I want people to take is many times we see just the performance. Like we see someone competing in the Olympics. We see the quarterback playing the championship game. We see a finished sculpture, a finished book. And because we're seeing the end result, and it's so impressive, we assume that we don't have what it takes to do the same. Mm. We think it's beyond our capability. In a way, it's like watching a magic illusion. You see a, ma- a magician vanishing a card, makes it, making it reappear in an impossible location. As spectators, we're amazed by it. But if we could peek behind the illusion, we would find that there is a process that we could learn and that we could do the same illusion. And it's the same for learning skills. So we always see the performance, we see the end result, but there is a process behind it. So what I want people to take the most is some of the things that you thought were beyond your capabilities, you can't do them. There is a process to learn, to improve, and to master anything you want. And if you follow that process, you will get better. We're made to learn. Mm. As humans, that's our greatest power. We're designed to learn things. And if we apply our mind to them, we'll get better at them. Um, you know, I just want to interject right there. What I yes. thought really interesting is I study high performers. I noticed there's a big chasm, and I talk about this all the time. There's a big chasm. There are the high performers who prioritize personal development. You know, Mark Cuban reads three hours a day. Warren Buffett reads like five hours a day, and they make a lot of money. And then there's this other side who don't do personal development as a priority, and they're not making a lot of money. And I remember the day I finally realized this, I say, wow, I need to up my personal development gain. I need to increase my skills because I'm looking at all these high performance people and they're doing really well because they prioritize personal development. And I think that people need to do that. You need to figure out, and you don't even have to go to school. We're not talking about in school. If you want to learn machine language, you want to learn French, you want to learn organic gardening, well then dive into that and learn everything you can about that. That's basically what you're talking about. But if you don't want to learn, if you don't prioritize learning, you're going to be left behind. Yes, absolutely. So learning from two perspectives, one on the professional side, at the pace that the world is moving and so many industries going obsolete from one year to another, and especially now that we have the pandemic, only the people that know how to adapt and can learn fast new skills, those are the ones that are going to thrive. Um, so it's, it's about learning something new and being able to adapt to changing circumstances. That's on the professional aspect of it. And then on the personal side, I can't think of anything more gratifying than adding more knowledge mm. and skills into our lives. They become our companions or or self-expression. And we have examples throughout history. So for example, uh, we have Einstein playing violin to relax and to uh, find inspiration. And Ben Franklin, who used to love playing chess. Um, George Washington loved ballroom dancing. Winston Churchill loved painting and bricklaying and writing. So we all need some outlet. We all need these companions in life and I find that through hobbies. I don't know what I would do with all, all these passions and all these interests that I have. They keep me sane. They keep me centered. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just this love of picking up something and becoming better at it. The thing is, I believe a lot of people don't take on new skills because they believe some of the myths about learning. So maybe they think they're too old to learn 
or they think they don't have what it takes. So there's misconceptions about talent. And in reality, talent doesn't play that big of a role. It only gives an edge. But even the top performers, even if they were talented, if they were born with certain innate traits, they still have to work really hard at their craft. There's no exception ever, not in history. Even mm. Mozart was uh, considered a born genius. He was not born playing piano. <laughs> he had to learn just like anyone else. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with you. There are some athletes who, I mean, if you ever watch a professional hockey player, basketball player, football, they have those skills, but Tom Brady didn't walk on and go, you know what, I'm going to start throwing a football and win Super Bowls. He had an innate skill, and he got better at it. And exactly. It, any, any, whether you're in Hollywood, whether you're a singer, doesn't matter. But you have you may be born with a gift, but you got to hone that. I want to ask you a question about personal development. Um, sure. A couple months ago, this is more of your opinion. A couple months ago on LinkedIn, I was posting on the importance of personal development, and I made the point that I read at least an hour a day. Someone said that's not personal development. Personal development is actually learning a new skill. Reading is not personal development. And I say, you know, I clarify myself. I say, I don't mean I'm reading fiction books. I mean, I'm reading business books, like how to sell, how to get better at, at you know, social selling, how to do, be a better podcaster, be a better businessman. And they go, no, that's reading. That is not personal development. What do you think about that? Well, I disagree with that person. I think reading, uh, it is personal development. So if we're picking up a book, let's say Marcus Aurelius Meditations, and we're reading about how this person who was at the moment probably the most powerful man um, in the world. He was the emperor of Rome at the time. He had all this responsibility and he wrote these meditations about how to deal with life and how to deal with people that were being mean or uh, planning against them and, and things like that. So we we get to learn from the experience of people that dealt with the same problems. We think that the world has changed so much and in reality, humans have been dealing with the same problems forever. Yep. And there are people who dedicated years and decades of their lives to find ways of dealing with them. So when you read about their experiences, you're like narrowing the time that it takes you to get better at something. And then you then you start to apply it. But first, you need to expand your mind to those new ideas. So I get the point of maybe thinking, yes, we need to turn that into a skill or we need to apply that knowledge. But first, we need to understand that the knowledge exists. Yes. So first, we need to read those ideas, let them take hold in our mind, and then start using them. So if you read a book, you think the idea is good, and then don't, don't do anything about it, there's that's sort of an entertainment yes. slash intellectual pursuit. So it's uh, being entertained with the excuse of being intellectual. But if you're reading with the intention of learning more, of applying those uh, new ideas, of gaining wisdom... I do believe that's personal development. It doesn't I, have to be learning a new skill. Yeah, I think reading a book shortens the curve. So let's say yes. you want to learn a new skill. Let's say you want to become a master at Instagram, okay? Because I know mm. you're big on Instagram. Well, you could sit there and try to figure out yourself, or you can go read a book on how to do Instagram or take a course exactly. on Instagram. You're shortening the curve. Why would you want to go through the long, tedious process on figuring out how to use Instagram when you can shorten the curve? So I look at books as hey, I can get from here to there quicker because the author mm -hmm. went through the long process and he goes, look, I got the way. Let me show yes. you the path. I've got the flashlight. I know where to go. Yes. I know where the ropes and all the, I know where the cliff falls down and you don't walk over there. And so to me, I love reading because it shortens the curve and 
I love reading because, let's face it, when I was in high school and I was told you had to read this and do a report on this, now I can read for enjoyment. I can just pick up a book. I want to learn about X. I can learn about X. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty fascinating. Now it spurs my my inspiration. Like, oh, I want to learn more about that. But I, I started it by reading a book. And now, all of a sudden, I'm learning more. And now I'm beginning to make money off that craft. But it all started from reading a book. I'm there with you. And every time I think about it, I'm... I'm amazed. You could buy someone, uh, like the knowledge that took someone maybe 20, 30 years to find, and you can get it for like under $20. Like <laughs> books are so magical. They transcend time and they yep. transcend like all recent. It's like, how could you get someone's knowledge that took so long to acquire and you get it for under 20 bucks and you can read it in under a week? Yes. <laughs> that, that's insane. <laughs> yes. And, and if you want to hire that person, it would cost you millions of dollars. Yes. But you, yes. like you said, for $20. And, and the thing is, is it's such a small investment, but I've, I hear this, I heard a story not, uh, stat not too long ago that the average person, and I'm not talking about high performers. I'm talking the average person doesn't yep. even read a book in a year. They're reading posts and they're looking at things on Instagram. And those, those pithy quotes are fine. But you're not going to learn how to be a master at something by reading posts on Instagram or on LinkedIn or Twitter. You need to go educate yourself through a book or through a course. And and even if you get a course, you go buy a course for $2,000. You're Mm -hmm. still saving a ton of money if you try to do it all yourself or if that person coached you every aspect all along the way. So even a course is really affordable when you put things in perspective. Yes. Yes. Throughout my life, my books have been my mentors and even courses, for example. Um, so I do real estate investing and I learned all that through books that was not in university. And that's my profession. I trade stocks and options and I learned that through books and through um, online courses. And uh, to me, that's just very impressive that we, we could take on knowledge that took so long for someone else to figure it out. And my opinion is that for people that want to go through the the self-thought route, like mm-hmm. not looking out for a teacher, is either a sign of stubbornness or ego. Like you're being incapable of the humbleness that it takes to admit that someone's better than you and you can learn from them. To me, I want to know what's wrong. I want to find people <laughs> that are way better because I know, as you said, they're going to shorten the curve. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. Like it took them generations to get to a point, and now we can learn it in so little time and put those lessons into practice. Yes. It's amazing. Now, let's talk about mistakes people make when they're learning a new skill. We've already talked about they don't do it. That's obviously a big mistake. Yes. Uh, and you just Great mentioned point. the ego or stubbornness. And I think we talked about fear. What are some of the other mm-hmm. mistakes that people that's stopping from people from going, you know what? I want to learn a new skill. I think the biggest one that I've seen is we have these unrealistic expectations of how quickly we're supposed to learn. So the thing is, as adults, we're already very good at different things. So for people that have a job, like they're good at their jobs already, they've been doing it for so long that they became proficient. And we forget what it's like to start again as a beginner. Mm. So we assume that we should be learning much faster. And also because the marketing for many courses is like, oh, learn this thing in a month. (laughs) And then when you don't, you think that's something wrong with you. That's yep. something wrong with the expectation that they were selling you. Yep. So I've you, been there. Been there. <laughs> so they start, you start believing that it's somehow you don't have what it takes, that you're not good for that, that you should have been learning faster, and then you quit. 
And that's just not realistic. Learning anything is a long, long-term process and a fast or slow start doesn't determine how far you'll go. You know, what's interesting I, is when you mentioned that is when I launched my first course, The Basics of Productivity, I basically emulated Brendan Burchard. Now, he mm-hmm. is one of the foremost authorities when it comes to online courses and you know all that stuff he teaches, the motivation, stuff like that. And so I did this course and I launched it and nothing. Well, I'm not Brendan Burchard. I didn't have a huge network like he has. And even uh-huh. though I followed his steps, right step one, step two, step three, and did everything the way he taught it, I still lacked the experience and the network and the the network he had. Now, people have gone through the course, blew him away. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. But the thing is, I didn't have like two, three, four million people following me. Right. It's all a numbers game. So I did not give myself permission go look it it's a good course people validate it's a good course but you're a small fish in a big pond you have to let it percolate and and for a while there i just i i was getting down on myself but then i realized hey you know what it'll click eventually if the course is still for sale it's still valid but the point is is i had unrealistic expectations i thought i would create the course like brendan did and i would be on the beach in tahiti with a, making a billion dollars a day i well not really but i had unrealistic yeah. expectations because i just thought because mark stucheski created the course the world is going to flock to it and that was mm-hmm. unrealistic yes and to me my opinion on how to teach anyone is instead of saying this is going to be very easy and then they get disappointed because they have unrealistic expectations, is look, this is going to be very hard, but you can do it and let me show you how. Mm. So it's a different approach and it's not the most popular approach because obviously the other one sells better when yep. you say, hey, learn French in a month and then you don't. <laughs> yep. Like, no, learning a language is difficult. It takes a lot of commitment, it takes yeah. effort and time back to mistakes that people make. The biggest one that I've seen, for example, in learning languages is the unwillingness to make mistakes. You don't want to look foolish. You don't want to try. You want to be a perfect preparer. You want to have it down before you go practice. And it's the idea of wanting to learn how to swim without ever jumping in the water or like before jumping into the water. You you need to jump in the water. You're going to be making mistakes. It's going to be uncomfortable. So people don't want to learn that, don't want to go through that discomfort. And part of that resistance comes from there's been this movement recently or like a couple of years now where everyone's pushing the learning should be fun. And that's not true. Learning can be fun, but it's not required to be so. The process sometimes is going to be dull, it's going to be boring, it's going to be frustrating. <laughs> and that's just the way it is. But if we had, if we knew that about the process, then we approach it with more enthusiasm is like, okay, it's going to be difficult. And sometimes I'm not going to feel great about it. But when you know what's ahead, you embrace it. Mm. It's easier. But if you expect always to be easy, always to be like doing it right, the right way, then you're going to be disappointed. So I think that's another reason why people don't take on learning. It's like they expect it to be something that is not. Mm. You know, what's interesting is when I launched the Mark Stuchowski podcast on July 7, 2017, I just did it. I just did what Nike said, and I just did it, okay? Mm -hmm. And I've known people along my years of being a podcaster that says, oh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm someday I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to create my own podcast. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And in like months go by, months go by, and I'm like, what's going on? Well, I, I, you know, I've got to get an editor. I got to get a a producer. I got to get this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, 
dude, I've already got like a year and a half under my belt. What are you doing? And they were procrastinating because yeah. they wanted to get everything just right. I'm like, just get your computer, put the plug, the microphone in, hit record. I mean, the first episodes are going to suck and that's okay. Yes. But if you're just sitting there going, well, I'm going to learn this course and take this and talk to this person, you're never going to get started. So just do it and give yourself grace. Like you said, and realize it's not going to be perfect in the beginning, but mm -hmm. Every time you do it, you do one episode, the second one will be better, the third will be better. But if you don't start, whether it's a podcast, or learning how to swim, or learning a language, if you don't start, you're never going to master it because you're still waiting for what? I don't know. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And I had to learn a lot of humbleness writing because your first drafts are always going to be horrible. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and even when I read it, this great writers, they say the same thing. You write the first draft and it's the worst thing and, and you hate yourself. And then the purpose of the second draft is make it seem like you knew uh, what you were doing all along. Even <laughs> 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 The first one was a complete mess. Then you make it better and make it better and make it better. So yes, it becomes a another form of procrastination. You're trying to be this perfect preparer, trying to find the perfect method. I see this very often and it's beyond learning. It happens a lot in learning, but the easiest example to give, it's um, getting in shape. So people always looking for the perfect method. It's like, oh, I'm not starting because I'm, I'm trying to find something that is easier, that takes less effort. And they keep searching for the perfect method that will perfect never come. Perfect abs in 60 seconds a day. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and the reality is, even let's imagine for a second that there is a perfect method. It would still involve diet and exercise <laughs> you cannot escape the foundation of fitness yes <laughs> and it's the same for learning anything you could find the perfect method and you will still have to put in time and yes. energy you to learn that's the basic of learning you need to put in a lot of practice without practice you do not learn so yeah. at one point is hey let's just start and along the way i'll find some methods that optimize my results mm -hmm. but it's important as you said just get it started. Yeah. And, and some methods you come across will, won't work out for you. And that's okay. Yes, that's a lot of people don't, because you mentioned it several times during the show, I want to make sure people don't miss this, that we see the finished product now. But Tim mm -hmm. Ferriss, the author, the big author of the four-hour work week uh, that started out his whole, his, whole, his whole career, he was rejected 37 times for that book. Mm -hmm. And he yes. just kept persisting and persisting. People don't see that, or maybe they don't want to know that. They just go, wow, look at all the things Tim Ferriss is doing. He's got this big podcast, and he's a big author. But he was rejected 37 times. Yes. That's a lot. I mean, how do you? How would you like to be one of those 37 publishers now? Like, oh, my gosh, we made a mistake on there. But the point is, we're all going to suffer rejections. We're all going to make bad decisions. But if you just start, you're going to be so much more ahead then if you didn't start it off, you're just contemplating, dwelling, wondering at what would be like when you made the money. Let's here's an idea. Get started first. Yes. Um, that reminds me of people that really want to learn speed reading, but they're not reading. Like if you're not reading yet, why do you want a better <laughs> method? You'll still be not reading at the same speed. So yeah. tell me you're spending two hours a day reading and then it's like, okay, I understand yeah. why you want to read faster. Yeah. But if you don't <laughs> spend any time reading, then it's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I want to buy a new hammer. Why? Well, I just want one. Like, no, yes. if you don't use it, what are we going to buy the hammer for? So fascinating, fascinating conversation with you today, Nick. Um, where can we find out more about you online? Because I'm sure our audience is you know, interested in learning more about you. 
the easiest way is my website is unlimitedmastery.com. And over there are all the links for the social media and my book and everything else. Okay. So unlimitedmastery.com. That's the easiest. Okay. Any final words of wisdom you want to leave with our listener today before we wrap up? I would like to bring back again the point of maybe you had these frustrated dreams of being a guitar player, being a writer, uh, being a, an artist painting something, and you thought that was beyond your reach. You thought you didn't have the talent. And you might be thinking those things because you, you're just seeing the top performers at their best. But behind all that, there is a process, and we could replicate that process. So, yes, your dreams are within your reach. There is a process to get there. Excellent. That's, that's what I want, that people follow their dreams, that they know that they can learn anything they want and get better at it. Excellent. And go check out unlimitedmastery.com and find out everything you want to know, how you can master your life. So, Nick, thank you so much for being on the show. It was an absolute delight having you. Same here. Thank you very much. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my upcoming live training on Friday, August 14th at noon Eastern. We're going to be talking about technology and your productivity. You can register by clicking the link in the show notes or clicking the banner at the top of mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. And several people have asked me, why do I spell out Mr.? Because I don't want you to go to M-R productivity.com. I don't know where that thank you. So I spell out mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.